Chris Jackson joins me on The Antidote. Chris, great to have you here, man. Great to be here, man. Thank you for having me. You know, when we were first setting up this interview, you told me that you were in Los Angeles, but you're actually yeah. from New York City. Now, like, are you totally crazy? Winter's coming, and you want to come back to New York rather than stay in the warmth of L.A.? Listen, man, if I didn't have to go back to New York, I would stay here. <laughs> Trust me. I'm not ready to go back to the cold. I'm, I'm not. Listen, I want to stretch your memory here a bit, Chris, and take you back to your childhood. What's the okay. first song or artist that made an impact on you? Uh, wow. The first. Okay, so the first uh, song that I remember, I mean, I grew up in church. So there's a lot of, you know, songs that I heard in church and everything. But I'd say outside of that, the first artist that I really, really was exposed to, uh, it was Michael and Janet around the same time. Michael and Janet Jackson, you know, with the MTV generation and whatnot. When you saw music videos, uh, they played them a lot. I think around that time, Rhythm Nation was really popping. Or was it the Janet album? Yeah, it was It was around that time. And, and, and then, you know, Michael's dangerous and bad was out around that time too i remembered and um i remember my cousins and my uncles used to play those albums a lot and they had a lot of other cds as well and records and and i was surrounded by that so i can't really put just like a name on the first song but i can remember like those two artists first standing out to me and i think also because my last name is jackson so i always had that thing like oh well we related <laughs> so <laughs> It's only destiny. It's like with me being Hawkins, I usually get asked if I'm related to Ronnie Hawkins. Oh, well, are you? No. I keep teasing and saying that he's my uncle. <laughs> I don't think anybody believes me. Oh, man. They, that's because they're not doing their research. They got to have a little faith. <laughs> okay, so we're talking about artists that you enjoyed, but you've spent a long time songwriting for other artists. Yeah. What's changed to have you want to record your own music? Well, nothing, I always wanted to record my own music. And before I started really professionally writing for other artists, I was like recording my own music prior to that. I had a slew of songs that I was doing for myself and um, how I got the opportunity to write for other artists because it just got into certain people's hands. Um, I was working with the same guy who does my music now, Andre Johnson, A Minor Music. And he had a meeting with someone and you know he played the songs that we were working on. And they asked who I was. And from that, they were like, okay, well, we don't know if he's ready as an artist yet, but like his writing is great. So they took that and developed that. And um, through that, I, I started to write for other people. But I always had it in my, in my heart that I wanted to be an artist, you know what I mean? And so after a while, it kept really burning in me and really tugging at me. And I just felt like a calling on my life, like one night. And that changed everything. It was like, it's time. Some of these artists that you've worked with, I mean, this is significant songs. You know, you did Tank, Stronger, Ron Isley, This Song Is For You, Jasmine V, That's Me Right There, B. Smythe with Lego, and then you did Cheryl Cole's song, uh, Promise This. That's oh, man. In that's incredible. Oh, well, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Doing your research, man. Wow. <laughs> oh, man, thank you. Yeah. Those were great uh, opportunities. That Some of them I wrote by myself. Some of them I co-wrote with other people. Um, but all in all, they each were like great experiences, man. And I'm grateful for each one of those records that, that came out. 
When you're songwriting for someone else, is it difficult to adapt your writing style to suit each of those artists? You know what? Not really. I appreciate the challenge. Sometimes it is. Um, because I'm such a lover of music and I've been listening to um, music like all my life, a lot of these artists either working with or that I was shooting for, um, I had already been huge fans of. Like My music collection is huge. Like Prior to the streaming phase where you can get everything in, in your hand, like I was at the music store every week. I still do. Buy, I still go to the store and I buy hard copies now to this day. But... Um, like back then I was like buying everyone's albums. You, you'd be surprised that in my music collection, I not only have like every Janet and Michael al- album, but I also have every Britney Spears album. I have Tribe Called Quest albums. I have all Kendrick albums. I have, you know, Pink, all of her albums. I'm just a lover of music, you know what I'm saying? I'm a lover of all things. And so like it was easier for me to do that. I mean, it was still challenging because I feel like I'm stronger in certain areas than than others or certain genres than others. But I didn't make that stop me. Like I would go and I would try and figure out how to make it work and do it. Wow, and you are old school because you're buying the hard edition. To this day. To this day. <laughs> are you going to switch everything now and you're going to get everything now on vinyl? Whew, I, you know, I've been thinking about that for so long, man. I really, really want to because I enjoy it. There's a lot of great albums, like some of my favorite ones that I just, for, for the collecting purpose... I would love to just have the vinyl, maybe play it, who knows? Because that sound that you get on vinyl, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's a great sound that you don't really get a lot of other times. So, hey, why not? I hear you. Yeah. Okay, so here it is. You're a talented guy. You're great. Thank you. You write a great song for an artist. They have all kinds of success with it. But what about you as a songwriter? Do you think you really get the recognition or the exposure that you deserve? Uh, you know what? That it, it's subjective, actually. I mean, because um, there there are people who live for the credits, like myself. Like when I was younger, the first thing I did before I even popped the CD in, like I would open the case and I would look through the credits. Like I would read everything before I played the CD. I wanted to know who produced, who wrote what, and then while the CD was playing. I would be reading the credits or or the tapes even back then before CDs as well. Like I would be looking at to see who wrote what, who produced what. And I didn't realize what I was doing when I was younger. But like there's a lot of people who do that because they really want to know who was involved and who did what. You know what I'm saying? And so because of that, the people who do that now, you know, they seek out. They're like, well, who wrote this? Because, you know, they everybody knows artists don't always write everything. So they're like, well, who wrote these words? who helped put this together and so because of that like there were times where um even if i didn't get the recognition or the shout out if you will from the artist there were people who would hit me on twitter or facebook and be like yo you're that guy that wrote such and such man that was amazing man thank you i really really like it it touched me and whatnot and and those things like really really did it for me and i honestly I can't, well, I can't say that I wasn't doing it for the recognition because who doesn't want to be recognized, right? But like things things like that, they really mattered to me a lot more than any like, you know, shout out from the artist. While, while even though I appreciate every aspect of it, like, you know, if somebody did hit me and tell me how my words affected them, like that, that matters a lot to me. Okay, so here, I think we've been spending way too much time talking about other artists because (laughs) we're actually here to talk about the music that you've recorded. Amen. Just a little background. (laughs) Exactly. 
Well, you know, I've really been enjoying the diversity of your style. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Sometimes you're drawing from a decades-old music style, and then on the next track, you want to bring it right up to date. You like switching things up like that? I, I, I do. I really do, because like I'm very, very influenced by the music that I grew up with and the music before me. And there's a lot of music that comes out today that I'm very influenced by and inspired by as well. So me being a student of the game, like I'm going to put it all together if I can and just, you know, give you all of me. Like I, I take from what I've learned in the past. I take from what's going on now and, and you know, hopefully put a bit of the future in there as well. And, and that would be me giving myself to you. Because I'm really not trying to chase a certain sound. All of this is really like, you know, how I feel down to the music and everything. You know what I'm saying? We get in the studio and um, Dre, he knows my style very well. He knows me and he gets it also. So like he taps into that. And um, that's where that chemistry comes in. I'll come in with an idea and I'm like, yo, I'm hearing this or I'm feeling this. And that's where it starts. Well, you know, I really noticed some of those style changes on your first release. No pressure. Mm -hmm. You've got the song Blast, which is all bright and positive. On the following song, His Pain, you flip the music into this jazzy blues vibe as it deals yeah. with a man's pain and questioning. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you caught that. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, His Pain, that's that's actually a cover of a Kendrick Lamar and BJ the Chicago Kid song. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I... The only thing original besides the track is um, there are, uh, I mean, I, I adapted, you know, the flow that Kendrick did. His original chorus is, well, I don't know why he keep blessing me. I don't know why he keep blessing me. And he was telling his story. And me listening to that song, like, really inspired me to write my own story of my pain. I felt it, you know, when I listened to the original. So I, um, I was able to capture that myself because, like, I was telling my story. And, um, you know, it's sort of like, even though I'm blessed, this is why I wouldn't be blessed if I didn't go through this and realizing that I went through all of this and I'm still going all through this. And and I don't know why he keeps blessing me. You know what I'm saying? So, like, th there's a flip side. There's a good and bad. And, you know, there's a lot of times and, you know, we sugarcoat things. Can't really do that if we really want to inspire and touch everybody. You know what I mean? And tell about the goodness of God and Jesus, like... We got to tell our real, like how great things are and then how terrible things can be at times. But at the end of the day, he still like is blessing us. You know what I mean? I totally get where you're coming from. Yeah. And you know, your new album, No Chaser, I mean, that's where it's looking at faith down in the valley and it's up on the mountaintop. Oh, yeah. Do you think a lot of artists don't want to show both sides? <laughs> if we want to be honest, yes, I, I feel like that. I, I feel like maybe that's come from all the years of uh, sugarcoating things and sweeping things under the rug in the church culture and whatnot. Like, uh, healing doesn't happen unless you really, really talk about it, have these conversations. I'm, I'm not speaking on everybody else. I, I'm speaking for myself because I'm not exposing anything but my stories or, you know, stories that I've heard that I put my own touch on because I relate to it as well. And uh, finding the beauty in those struggles, finding the beauty in those pain so that you can realize that there is an up when you hit down. 
even when you're up in goat and you get down, realize that you were once up, you can get back there again. And so we need to to be more honest in our creativity and our creations. Just a couple of weeks ago, Chris, you released your first full length, No Chaser. Yes. It wasn't until I listened to it a couple of times that I started to realize that this actually is an ongoing story. Mm. What's the theme about? Well, it's really about a you know a young man who has grown up in the Christian world and grown and his eyes are opening to certain things and he's also you know lived life living life and uh you know as you get older you experience like I said you experience certain things and you have questions especially when it comes down to faith like the first song it starts off uh story of a champion I wrote uh inspired by my uncle's death he passed away in uh, 2012. And uh, it was written in the perspective of the moment that he found out that he had cancer to the last breath he took. Like he was one of the strongest men that I knew, right? As far as his faith goes, one of the strongest. And he kept saying, man, I'm not worried. I'm not going nowhere. God got this. You know, I believe in Jesus, this and that. And I was like, you know what? You right, man. And I was joining him in that faith because his faith was so strong. Like I was joining in too. So when other people were like, man, hey, I need to start preparing. I was like, preparing for what? Like, he, like he's going to pull out of this. To the last minute, you know, up until the last time I saw him and he looked like a totally different person. And I said to him, you're not going nowhere. Like this is temporary. Like you're not going nowhere. You know what I'm saying? And he it was just like, I know, I'm tired, but I know I'm still here, you know? And when he passed, I was just like, okay, God, what happened? Like, there was all this faith, all these prayers and this and that. And I know that death happens. And you, when it does happen, you're always like, okay, why this and that, whatever. And I'm just like, okay, why did this happen? And then from that, it was like a lot of other things. That wasn't the only thing, but like, there's a lot of other things that I was just like, why do I love the things that I do that you claim not to love, you know? We all know that God loves us all, no matter what, and everybody sins. No matter who you are, because nobody on this earth perfect. Everybody got their different thing that, that they enjoy or that they love or that they do that they shouldn't, whether they know it or not. You know, it's, it's me like trying to find myself and at the same time trying to find out who Jesus really is to me and for me and how I can use that and give it to the world. You know what I'm saying? But honestly, a lot of Christians have a tough time questioning God on anything. Oh, yes, because I still do to this day. To this day. If I uh, have a question about something, I, it's, it's really tough. Or if somebody even questions me, if, if I feel like it threatens the very core of what I believe, you know, you get kind of defensive and you're like, no, nah, I don't want to hear that. But then you kind of do have a little question, too. Or maybe you did have questions. It, it is hard. It's hard for anybody to be challenged on something that they've been taught and believed all their life, you know? But that's where your faith comes in and you got to really pull on the experiences that you know, that you know that you know, you know what I'm saying? That certain encounters happen. I would like to hope that everybody has that encounter that they just know that Jesus is real. Whoever, if you if you claim to be a believer, that's what I'm trying to say. You know something? I seriously think that if you never release another track... I would be okay with it because <laughs> the title track from No Chaser is an absolutely perfect song. To God be the glory. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. What about wow. telling us more about the tune? Okay. Well, 
this, the title of this album, No Chaser, was actually within me while I was working on No Pressure for some reason. Mm. Um, after I finished No Pressure, I was just like, my next one I'm going to call No Chaser. Why? I don't know. Then um, people started to gravitate towards his pain the most on the first one, right? On No Pressure. And I was like, man, everybody loved that song. And that was the song that I was so scared of putting on there. Because I was like, man, this is too honest. And you don't really hear a lot of those those type of honest records on gospel or even on Christian songs. And I was like, man, I don't know if I want you know nobody to hear me say these certain things. But when I put it out, everybody was just like, man, listen, I could relate that, blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? And I took that and I was like, well, obviously, people really, really are yearning for more things like this. And on top of that, I felt relieved. It was a release for me, actually. Uh, as much as I didn't want to deny it. So then when I started work on, on this project, No Chaser, I felt like a lot of the songs that I did, some of them took like forever, weeks to write, while some took minutes. And um, every song that I did, it was like a sigh of relief when I was done. Like, wow. It was like this was all bottled up inside of you? I, and I didn't even know it. And No Chaser, the actual song, to get back to your question, that song was one of the later ones that I did. I never thought of what a song called No Chaser would be. Or maybe I did think of it, but I didn't really get what to do with it until I went through some stuff, until I experienced some more things. Two of my friends died unexpectedly, like very close friends. And on top of that, I was going through a very, very, very rough period. And um, I just remember one day me being in the studio with Andre and we were going through some sounds and he found these sounds and it just sparked something in both of us for him to start doing the track and for me to just automatically start writing. And that's how that song was born. I was frustrated. I had enough at that point. And um, when I started writing and I, I finished that one, that one was relatively pretty quick to do as well because it just all felt therapeutic. And, and uh, that's how that one came about. <laughs> And the video that goes with that is beautiful, too. You know, in a dark way, it's almost uh, film noir. Oh, yeah. Thanks, man. That's that's the, the both myself and um, Andrew Johnson, who's Andre's brother. At oh, that really? Very, talented, very talented family. We came up with uh, the idea of that based on true uh, events, if you will. But, you know, these are things that people actually feel and experience and go through. And we wanted to capture it. And put it out there. I was actually very scared when I saw that when I finished shooting it too. Because I was like, man, I don't know, this is too real. But I'm glad that people are watching it, people are sharing it, they're appreciating it, and uh, I'm glad that it's touching everybody who who sees it. No chaser, the release. You drew in quite a number of featured artists. What do you think yeah. they do for the overall feel of the release of No Chaser? They they help to bring it to life. It absolutely couldn't happen without them. I promise you, like each of those songs that they are featured on, I just knew it is incomplete unless such and such. I, I knew the voices that I wanted. I knew the stories that needed to be told. Say, for instance, Story of a Champion. I, I knew that sound that I wanted from Kennedy and, and Melissa that nobody else would have given me. Those those colors helped to paint this beautiful picture. Uh, the one that got away with Denise Renee, amazing, you know, writer, amazing vocalist, amazing person all around. She had a story and I knew and, and, and she had to tell it. She's a storyteller. You know, I needed that. Karina on on uh, falling down. The color in her voice 
that needed to happen right there. That's all I kept hearing, Javante on um, Yeah, Yeah. His texture and his tone and the emotion in his voice and the color that he brings to that and that song having the dark undertones, all of these songs would have been incomplete without these guys. Hope I'm not missing anybody. (laughs) 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 But yeah. No, because you're sure to have them all in the credits. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm getting old. My mind is, you know leaving so i kind of forget something but even down to the musicians on there even down to the musicians like it was necessary like the the strings you know the live bass the live guitars the all, all the the horns like we needed it the dj on on uh, never again rick g's amazing i needed these they would have all been incomplete without these elements you know what i'm saying i needed all of them so you're really visualizing all of this as you're in the writing process, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. This isn't just sort of, hey, this person's available. Maybe I'll pull them in for that. Um, I mean, you know, I still have to work off of their availability and hope and pray that they'll do it. And I thank God that, that everybody who I asked was down to do it because it, it just was destiny, man. It, it needed to happen. And like I say this all the time, there's like 27 people living in my head. So like... <laughs> you know know, as i'm writing i sound crazy but it's okay one of them is is painting the visual one of them is like saying oh well i hear this that whatever and it's all coming i'm gonna stop talking before i sound even more crazy than i do right now (laughs) (laughs) but you know that's that's i'm being honest (laughs) give me your thoughts on the release on no chaser what kind of effect do you think it's going to have on people i pray that it opens eyes. I pray that it awakens people. And not to me. I, don't, I hope it doesn't awaken them to me. My prayer has always been that it wants them to know who it is I'm talking about. Who it is that made me get to where I am as a man right now and making me become the man that I am in the future. You know, because it's not just me. There's somebody definitely bigger than I that's the end goal that I have here. Listen, Chris, thanks so much for coming on The Antidote. This has been a really great time having a chance to talk with you. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Like It has been an absolute pleasure. It was my honor, and I would do it again in a heartbeat. And don't forget about winter, man. Just stay in L.A. Man, listen, I plan on it, and I pray for y'all in Canada. And wherever you are who is suffering from terrible winter, because, man, listen, if you feel anything like me and you hate the cold, stay inside and be warm. Blankets are made for a reason, and so is your bed. It's a safe, beautiful place.